Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around. Here we are, another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob. Special guest today. Dennis and Darren. Dennis and Darren. The great Dennis Rodman. Dennis and Darren, huh? Well, we'll, put, we'll give you top billing, Dennis, of course. Uh, Darren's new book is Aiming High. I think we talked about it once before on this podcast. It's the, the subtitle is How a Prominent Sports and Celebrity Agent Hit Bottom at the Top. And then Dennis very kindly uh, joined us as well today. And last time I talked to Dennis, I said, Dennis, did you ever imagine you'd hear the words Dennis Rodman and Nobel Peace Prize in the same sentence? And, uh, and, uh, Not even close. Uh, Oh, I disagree. I think those words are aligned now forever. You may not get the Peace Prize, but I'm just saying people people are acknowledging that um, you were onto something. It's all good, Dr. Drew. It's very nice to see you, man. Nice to hear you right now. So um, it's very. uh, We turn it off right there. So um, the last one I saw you, Dr. Drew. It was very awesome to see you, man. And um, you know, this is a very special day for Darren Prince. Yeah, tomorrow is. Tomorrow we're going to be at Barnes yeah. and Noble, right? Well, Darren and I got to meet you at the White House, uh, and I, in fact, I got to get back into that because the stuff that's coming out of there is concerning me a little bit. But I, I was very impressed with Darren Jeff Sessions and his whole move because that has changed, that has moved the battleship a little bit. Darren, you is there? that where you were, you were there, Darren? I was there. Yeah, I was there. March you got to work. Out, that's a microphone there. You got to use you that thing. Up, were you that optimistic about it with Kellyanne Conway <laughs> leading the opiate brigade? I, I figured something had to happen. <laughs> I really did. I really oh did. Whether, they, whether it was a priority or not to them. No, but Dennis yeah. is. I just got to say, Dennis's thing with North Korea made me believe maybe Kellyanne Conway and Jeff Sessions can solve the opioid problem. Well, Sessions certainly is, is working hard at it. I, he has changed the turned the battleship a bit. But not to change the subject. Oh boy, hold Dennis, on. what about when uh, the press secretary called you and you were in Singapore, Sarah Sanders? Yeah, that was that was very oh, well, that, that was very emotional. Can we bring it back. That to was that very emotional, though. You know, I didn't I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that part. I thought that the fact that when I went over to Singapore to try to uh, just to see the leaders get together, uh, it was amazing. The fact that uh, just me being there, the thing that hopefully that history was making, and uh, I was there and I was happy to be there. What did Sarah say to you? Uh, you know, in Donald Trump's words, he's so happy for you, Dennis. <laughs> mm-hmm. So happy for <laughs> okay, you. Okay, thank you, Sarah. Okay, baby. <laughs> so, you know, it, but it, it, it was just good. It was just good to, uh, to see that the fact that uh, even though I've said it uh, when I first uh, started going to North Korea, I said it uh, the first time and I said it today. Um, I didn't care who got the uh, the, uh, the accolade as far as I get in North Korea and uh America together, I, I will say, whoever gets it, please, let's, let's do it, because I think it's going to happen. I've been standing for seven years, and uh, all of a sudden, Donald went over there, and he, he tried to make peace with uh, Kim Jong-un, and uh, I hope it, it does work for the future. How did you get the instinct that there was something, some possibility there? Because to the rest of us, it looked like impossible at the time. Yeah, it was funny, though. Um, um, I was with uh, in Donald Trump's uh, his office uh, in New York. And uh, when I first went there, Donald said that, uh, Dennis, it's a great thing that you're doing going to North Korea. You're doing a great thing. And uh, it was amazing the fact that uh, when Donald started to play this little game, as far as like, well, I'm not going over there. I'm going to call him a rocket man. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And stuff like that. And uh, 
it, it was amazing how that I was, I was telling people, I said, Donald did one thing that people didn't recognize. He said one thing before he walked into the, uh, the, uh, the summit. He said, uh, I can tell in one minute I'm going to like this guy. And uh, it took him five and a half hours to come out and say, you know, I, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he, but he, it seemed like he he had the door kicked open from the beginning, which is a which is a but hard let's call. Go, but let's go back to celebrity rehab for a second, Doctor Drew. And there was a moment for celebrity <laughs> rehab viewers, if you remember, Dennis told yeah, you okay, how the on, world works. Yeah, but that didn't go on TV. That didn't oh, it go didn't on go on TV. Oh, no, didn't didn't make TV, the final TV. Dennis, do you remember? Do you remember? You told Doctor uh, Drew how the world right. works, and there's God, right. and then there's sports <laughs> heroes, and then there's movie. Movie stars and rock stars. I like the fact that movie stars and rock stars are on equal pavement because I always thought movie stars were above rock stars, but apparently they're equal. And then politicians are under that, and then everybody else. And he was right. <laughs> Once again, Dennis Rodman was right. Because when you confronted well, him, Drew, no, no. he said, four presidents right, have did. kissed my ass. I think it was five. Five presidents five, yeah. have kissed my ass. And that when men get now around. Six. Now, now six. Now, now president of North Korea. Seven. Yeah. Oh, seven. Trump. <laughs> Trump. Both pushes. Yeah. Dennis, you are correct in how the world works. I just want you to know that. No, it's it's all good though, you know. The main purpose of why we're doing this today, Doctor Drew. Yeah, I'm very happy the fact that I'm, I'm with uh, Darren Prince. Yeah, and um, he's doing some really he's doing some really amazing things, man. You know what? In Jersey, in his hometown, I think the epidemic is called uh, fentanyl. What is it? Fentanyl is really bad. Oh and, yeah. Fit, oh yeah. Yeah, it's fentanyl. Oh yeah, it's bad. Everywhere. Yeah, and it's terrible. It's very, it's very bad. It's very bad right now. No, listen, Dennis. Uh, Darren and I were talking off the, before the thing heated up here that we want to go out and give do some speaking together to try to try to you know Darren can tell his story and his dramatic story of recovery and stuff and and then I right. can help people make sense of it. We we want to go out there and talk about it. But right. but be that as it may, you you may not remember. There's two things I want to just focus in on. One is a Darren thing, and one's a Dennis thing. Bob's t- telling us about how the world worked, but, but the part that, that you missed, Bob, that Dennis told me about how the world works, he said to me, he said, he said to me, now this is the part I like, because he said, he said, Dr. you and I, he said, you and I will have a relationship. We don't have one now. But we will get one, so long as you understand how the world works. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and you understood. And I said, okay, I'm willing to do But the theory, the theory, like everything with Dennis, is just no holds barred and honest. And that's what yeah. I, I love. Yeah, and, he, and we did. And the fact is, I went to the Lakers game. You, Darren, you were there. I, You know, when you look around courtside at the Lakers game, it's the titans of industry. Yeah. It's political leaders. Yeah. It's movie stars and rock stars. Yeah. And they're all bowing down to LeBron. Yeah, wanting to be near sports athletes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dennis, Dennis right. I'm telling you, when you said that thing 10 years ago, I thought you were out of your mind. <laughs> I now believe it is true. <laughs> and so the other issue is, is uh, I wanted to say something about Darren. Oh, the Darren, uh, Dennis, called me when you were on Celebrity Reading. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. And he was regaling me with his own recovery. Except what was wrong, Derek? Right. I was on Suboxone. Yeah, you were not point. sober. Yeah, I was on the opiate block for 14 months. Sometimes, sometimes our greatest advocates are not sober. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. I was on Suboxone. I still have a few cocktails with Dennis. I was on a mood stabilizer, antidepressants, anxiety medication. And I thought I was sober because I wasn't doing the opiates. Yeah, no, that's pretty close Makes to sense, what America right, believes now. Yeah, that's, a lot of people believe that. A lot of people would, would – and a lot of doctors – Doctors would co-sign that too. Well, the tell newest you. one is marijuana. Yeah, people are smoking marijuana and claiming they're sober, and it's a replacement for opioids. Hey, and, all that. and my my position on that is better than the opiates. Yeah, yes. me too. I, I agree with it. How but... about the fact that Dennis Raman has never done a drug in his entire life? I love that. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Which is a huge misconception. Yeah, how about that one? How about right? that one? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I want to go, go back to North Korea for a second. Not even, wait a minute. Let's just go on right. Not even acid when you were like 11 years old, Dennis? Not even weed. Nothing. No acid? 
The stuff he saw in Dallas. Oh no, man! No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no! Thank God! Thank God! Man. Lot, Thank well, God! Yeah. Well, because a lot of times people claim that people like you and me and crazy people that are no holes barred that somehow we had a drug experience that made the, us that way. The stuff, no, I think we're just hang this on. way. No, the stuff that Dennis told me about, he used to have to deal with in Dallas, particularly during the riots in the probably yeah. the '60s. That was enough of a trip. That was enough. Sleeping in backyard. No. Right. Stepping right. over dead people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 other stuff that. Remember Dr. Remember Dr. Drew that me and you, we had a conversation a lot, and that one day that you had to go to London to see your wife? I, don't know, I went to London to see you? Yeah, you had to fly to. Remember you, you had to leave for like a, oh, a week yeah. or so, and you had to yes. leave to go. Yes. Jesus. Who'd you leave? Yeah, so, you know, come on, Dr. Drew. I'm not that. I'm, I'm on top right now because you have to leave and say, you know what, guys? I have to leave for a week. I have to go see my wife in London. Yeah, that's weird that you remember that because I don't. But now you mention like, I do. On. That's crazy. <laughs> you said, Dennis, take over. I said, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. I would, no, no, no. I, I would put people in charge of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and you guys. <laughs> And then, then and Dr. Drew, it's amazing that when you walked outside, you had your Porsche Cayenne, and someone hit your car, remember? <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that. It was, a, it was a, an old black Cayenne. That's right. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Come on, Dr. See, Drew. The, you're a smart guy, man. Come I, on, I'm baby. a smart guy, but I've got an old memory. The behind the scenes of celebrity rehab is probably better than celebrity rehab. Well, because what people don't know is that there was. I can't yeah. believe that. Dennis kicking the knowledge down to the world of how the world works was not on television. No, that's bo- there's a lot of good stuff. That, yeah, it, really, it bothered me that it wasn't. I know. But here, but I want to go back to Kim Jong Un and, and Korea. How? What were you? How did you know that there was potential there? I, I don't understand. Did, did you just know he was a fan, and you thought, God, I wonder if I remember there's a human being there I can reach him? Or what, what were you thinking? How did you figure that out? It, it was amazing, Dr. Um, Joe. Um, good question. Um, when I first uh, met him, it was uh, like by an accident. And uh, we did the Harlem Goldtrotters. He just asked me to come up uh, and meet him upstairs. And uh, he walked in. And I saw this little small Japanese guy walk in. And I see 10,000 people standing up, standing up, clapping, clapping, clapping. And I'm sitting down. I wonder who, why they clapping. I thought they were clapping for me. And I'm standing up like, okay, shaking my hand. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's the the world works. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all about him again. <laughs> <laughs> and, all and about him again. It was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, they love me. I said, wait a minute. Hold on. And this little short guy walked to me. <laughs> he walked towards me. I'm like, wow. And I still didn't know who this guy was. I never met the guy, right? Does he speak he English? Walked, um, uh, he speak English at all. He just he came over. He's like waving, waving, waving. I still don't know who this guy is. And next thing you know, he sits down, and I keep asking, who is this guy right here that people love so much? I didn't even know who the guy was. You know, wow. I'm like, okay, great. He said, this, this is a supreme leader. I said, supreme leader? Who is that? You know, I kept like, I'm so stupid. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great. But <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great. This, he, this he just, well, the reports uh, were that he's a fanatic about the Bulls. Was he a fanatic about the Bulls? That's right. how it started. Yeah, oh, he, lo- he loves Chicago. He loves yeah. Chicago, man. He loves Chicago Bulls, man. Vice Media came to me about a year before it happened. Right. And um, I, I, I didn't know anything about North Korea. A lot of people didn't at that point. And they showed me a photo of him in boarding school wearing a 91 Rodman Bulls jersey. Does, does, does he speak English, Kim Jong-un? You know? No. Did he speak English? No. Did he attempt? No. Translator. And Because no. and, and he went to school in Switzerland, right? And that, I guess, in yes. Korean. But so, and so, did you organize the whole thing? I organized the whole thing. So, I, what, made, what made you think that was a good idea? So, so here's what happened. I talk about it in my book. This is amazing. So, how much have you thought? Media. I managed yeah, Dennis Rodman. Here's what, here's what Darren thought. I managed Dennis Rodman. How much trouble could he get in in North Korea? North <laughs> Korea. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even about the money. They yeah. came They came to us. They changed the date four different times. And, like, and I kept calling Dennis, oh, you're going to Korea, you're going to Korea. And then finally the contract Was it just sort of an appearance? Just yeah, to go to- with the Globetrotters. He was oh, going okay. as a player coach with the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. And so, was, this a, was this a world peace sort of a No, thing, at, at that point it was just an international exhibition game like wow. any other country that we would have gone to. And I finally got the contract from them signed. I go downstairs to Steve in my office. Steve's historian, real intelligent guy, 
not half brain dead like I could be, like Dennis could be. And I'm like, Steve, Dennis is going to freaking North Korea. I'm pumped. I finally got the deal signed. You know, Cy, the gangman style guy, he looks at me and goes, you freaking idiot. That guy's from the South. What are you talking about? He's not going to North Korea. And he's like, you better get Dennis on the phone right now. So he calls him up and he goes, dude, Darren just signed a deal for you to go to North Korea, not South. Dennis is like, whatever. And he goes, can I explain to you about the North? <laughs> Dennis, I'll never forget this. He goes, dude, just make sure I'm protected. I get in and out, in and out safely because who knows, maybe something historic could happen by me going there. Wow. Never for yeah. a wow. second. Is that in never your book? Never is... for a second did he say, I'm not going. Is that in your book? It's in the book. The, all those statements. Yep. All those. Oh, my God. Yep. That's, that's, that's history. Right. Man. That is world history And then right they there. called me two days before when he was in Beijing on the stopover. And the producer said to me, uh, of the documentary for Vice said, you're about to have the most famous person in the world on your roster. I'm just telling you right now. I didn't know what he meant. And he goes, this is going to put the wedding dress to shame with the <laughs> amount of exposure he's going to get. Right. And I woke up at four in the morning, like everybody else, that picture of Dennis next to him, that epic photo right. in time. And it was a complete shit show. And, um, and, and then – and so you thought at the time, I imagine, that, hey, <laughs> well, I'm just <laughs> – I'm imagining. <laughs> Not that the wedding dress at the bookstore wasn't a shit <laughs> show. He comes back. We got a wonderful pistachio commercial. We got the full locker commercial. It gets the Newsweek cover. He opens up Saturday Night Live. Our heads were spinning. We're like, what right. the hell is going on? But, but it was conflicted, right? There were people judging him. No, that was the next time. It was 50-50. The next time is when you really got criticized. The first trip they were judging him. 50-50. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was the second and the third trip that when, 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 when he went now, back. Now, that's where I want to pick turn. things up for a second. Dennis, as your chemical dependency counselor, who I love <laughs> you dearly, I was watching the morning news and I saw my client right. had relapsed yeah. and was in North Korea right. live on television. Right. With a drunken meltdown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. ha- I just because because you know I get a little crap from people f- for my clients' behavior, and I got a lot of texts that morning. Right. Oh, great job you did with Dennis Rodman! And yeah, it's <laughs> funny I did not I did not get any grief. And but. he and so I really in my mind, Dennis, I thought you stayed up all night and you were drinking Jägermeister out of a coffee cup like you like to do. Is that is that pretty much what happened? They don't have Jaeger over there, right? No, 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 no. What? 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 what, what? You were tired too. What you weren't was, as drunk as you see. No, no, I was tired. I was, I was saying, but either way, I'm just saying though, so you could get the real story. The fact that you know what I was over there, they they love to drink, and I love to drink at the time, stuff like that. So basically, I, I said some really things that out of contents, and um, it was just uh, you know, you know, things went south. And when I came back, I got so much, so much havoc <laughs> about what I said. And then, and then, and then next thing you know, I get off the plane in, New, in Jersey, New York. Darren said, you're going to turn the point. I yeah. said, what turn the point? I got a rehab I'm on the board of. I don't want to hear it. I'm like, right. I'm getting death threats. Oh, you you're getting right, death threats. You went right to yeah. rehab? Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm my like, goodness. Uh, right. uh, I'm like, the FBI's calling the you office. You said, you weren't turning the board, Darren. Yeah. Were you actually sober at that point, you're, Darren? Uh, I was sober. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the FBI – because that was a very confusing time, right? Yeah. The FBI is calling you Why? To, to debrief him, uh, the state. I mean, they all wanted to talk. But, to him but in retrospect, that. it's not clear why they were so upset, right? No. Yeah, it's no. against it, protocol. It, it, he violated protocol, but yeah. but he was a private um, citizen. What, what, what's the word? Uh, International no, um, treason. Treason. Uh, they, yeah, they were trying really? to get him on treason, what? and and he gave gifts um, that were free gifts, not paid gifts, that he picked up in Beijing. To uh, Kim Kim Jong Un and his family, and they were trying to get him on that too. For what would that be? So, what is that called? Uh, they're, they're, I don't know what it is. Some sort of. There's a lot of laws, Drew. I don't know yeah, if you're aware it, it of this. There's a lot of laws. We had to hire an attorney to squash it. And oh I was like, I can't believe this God. guy just came back after a meltdown. Let me go to freaking rehab. And and and, and so, be- Dennis, did you were you what? aware of these treason allegations? No, no, I wasn't aware of that. I was the fact that you know. <laughs> You <laughs> <laughs> can laugh about it now, thank God. But then you went back. Oh, no, right. I'm laughing at it now. I'm laughing at it now. You know, back then I wasn't laughing. But, no, it sounds you know, awful. But you, know, I, I, but you went it, back it was, and crushed it. Was, it. Like I say, you know what? 
You know, but it, it was amazing that, you know, since we're talking about this whole um, North Korea and the uh, drinking thing, I think the fact that when I came back, that was like what you did to me, Dr. Drew, that uh, you tried to turn my life around. And when I came back from North Korea, that's the same thing what Derwin did because he knew that I was in danger at, at, this, at a particular time. And he, he tried to protect me. And he said, you want a turning point. And I thought it was like, turning point, what, like my life? He said, no, you want to rehab. <laughs> I said, okay, great. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. <laughs> but there was, there was a bit of a shit storm. So why not go to treatment? But it, it was. It was, it was as Derwin said, it was a shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, it was. And so but, how did you, how did you get... Go ahead, Dennis. Well, you know, but it's like I said, you know, it's very, it's very difficult to explain what me and Darren relationship is as far as like client to agent and stuff like that. It's just so hard that people don't understand that, you know, you can always have a friend like that in your corner, no matter what good or bad. I think you know about that, Dr. Drew, because you have so many people in the world, brother, so many people in the world you don't even realize. And guess what? That's what Darren's doing right now. He's been doing it for a long time. So it's amazing that, you know what? I'm lucky to have that guy in my corner because... I need people like that in my corner to keep me on a straight and narrow road. Dennis. He's been doing it with this book called Aim and High. Yeah. So, you know, what? if you read the book, you read the book, and it's so Aim and High about athletes, people around the world. It don't matter if you got money or you got fame or anything. You broke or poor and lived in the street. This guy is trying to do everything he can. Yeah. He'll knock down the gates of the White House to make his point across, and I give him credit for that. No, not only that, listen, when I met Darren at the White House, he, he, no, listen, he, 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 um, I just went, we started talking about you. How crazy, how crazy is yeah. that? Yeah, what? Shirley. Yeah, we were talking about you, and he, he said to me, he goes, you know what, I got him to have dinner with Shirley, and I was like, oh my God, Darren, you're, you're, you're no, no. <laughs> No, no, listen. And I, and I said the the I said exactly what you said, Kid Dennis, which is that he's got you. This is this makes all the difference in the world that that he's listening to you, that you're getting his mom involved, and that this is I was just just great news. And Charlie loved Priscilla, my beautiful fiance, sitting here. Remember, Dave? Okay, Darren, you got Priscilla. Priscilla. Well done, Dennis. You well now done. Dennis, you, that's you twenty years of show business right there. Covered all the bases. <laughs> but, but, Dennis, I want to go back to the third trip because I don't understand, and Darren, you're going to have to help us with this too, how you go from allegations of treason to, hey, I'm going to do that again. Trump Did, gets elected. It, was it? No. Trump no. gets elected. Oh, was that the third time? Yeah. yeah. The third time huge, was with was Trump. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a three and a half year break before he went back again. But that was because Trump was going or it was there? Uh, no, well, Trump was president at that point. So you could do it. You yeah. And that's uh, yeah, when he, it all changed once Trump got And in. that's when Pawcoin uh, oh sent us the cryptocurrency. Celebrities aren't right. going to get convicted under Trump. Oh, Come on, but, Drew. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know how the world but, works? Uh, Dennis told you how the world works? Yeah, I know. Now I'm learning. <laughs> I got to be reminded. Where though. is? Wait a minute. Let's get it from Dennis. Dennis, where is Trump on that scale? So he must be up there with the sports icons, or God. <laughs> where, where, where is Trump on the on the Dennis Rodman world of how the world works? He's yeah, well. Hey, try this, man. You know what? If, if you look at Doctor Drew. And you see something about Dr. Drew. I'm going to give Dr. Drew credit right now. Dr. Drew is up with uh, the guy Upstein in, um, in Houston, in, uh, the guy that's uh, on Sunday on Sunday morning. You know, The preacher? Osteen. That's his name, Osteen, right? Joe, Joe Osteen. Joe yeah. Osteen, right? Yeah. Joe Osteen, I think Dr. Drew is on his level. And uh, I think that the fact that Dr. Drew has touched and uh, affected a lot of people's lives. Now, I think that the fact that Darren is on that, on that path right now. He's on that path right now to try to do the same thing Dr. Drew is doing right now. And well, I think that if uh, we can all come together and try to, try to make some, some type of difference to people in the world, because we can't change see, like that, the world the drug addiction overnight. Well, let me What's ask that, you what this. But that's about, what yeah. makes Dennis different than everybody else. No, Dennis has, has, has uh, insight. That, that, Dennis that, has a certain kind of just vision. Said. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, because so everybody minute. could say, well, I'm rich, I'm famous, I'm whatever – but that wanting to make a difference right. that, that's is, yeah, is I know that's the Dennis. thing that's so beautiful so, about so, Dennis. So hold on. So let me ask Dennis. There's so much tribalism and you know this split in the country right now. Do you see any road back to healing us? Well, I think that Dr. Julia, I think you've got more insight than I do as far as like, uh, looking at people's souls and into their future. I think that you know God and Jesus didn't try to improve people's lives. All he asked. Um, them to do one thing, 
can I help you? That's what God and Jesus did. They said, can I help you? The only thing he says, you know, put your hand on, let me hold your hand. Let me show you the way. Pretty much, that's what you guys are doing. They sort of help these people that's dire need to try to straighten their lifestyle. And it's amazing that people don't want to understand it because life is moving so fast that we don't understand how to slow down and take a breather and say, hey, you know what, let me check myself first. All right. Well, that's that's advice by itself. Just uh, that. Just slow down, take a breather, get off the social media. So now, now they got the third trip. <laughs> now we got the third trip. And so, what was that like? I mean, that was scary, right? Uh, I mean, that 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 the third trip uh, went a lot more in, in his favor. It really went a lot more in his favor. You know, he came back. He, he was stone cold sober. Did yeah. everything he had to do. You didn't see Kim Jong Un on that trip, but he saw all the delegates, the officials, and Dennis did something so brilliant. Um, he handed them a book. This was right around, was it around election time that I'm thinking? Trump wasn't president yet. Was, he handed them no, the Korean president. version of Art of the Deal. Wow. And it went viral. Yeah, uh, no. You were out there with Vo. You guys picked up the book. You gave it to uh, to the Minister of Sports. And it but I'm going to say, anyway, anyway, Dr. Drew, look it up right now on your computer. Right now, you'll see it. Look at the picture of what I gave it it's to unbelievable. him. unbelievable. Okay. I will do it. Was it. Ge- it was genius. It okay. took over the now, internet. Now, like, then you did – is that the one we did the interview with Cuomo, the morning show you, at CNN? Uh, no, Cuomo was – Was that the second trip? the second Yeah, the second Cuomo was I thought that was – That was five months the, ago. The, the, the best one he's ever done. Oh, the, the, but, the, but he was still unfair to him, I thought. Cuomo. When he was in Singapore? Uh, he, he, always, he always does. He always – Yeah, in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's TV, man. Yeah, yeah it's TV. Yeah. He was very complimentary when I did his show uh, about a month ago. He actually said how amazing it was that you predicted that the door was going to open and who would have thought that the door opened. And the South and the North both gave you credit for it. He didn't say that on TV, did he? Um, He did. He He did. did? All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. And and how about Kenneth Bay a year after your meltdown coming out publicly saying that your rant raised awareness and he believes helped get him out? Yes, it did. Wait a minute. What am I... So... But anyways, <clears throat> anyway, so anyway, so uh, I got to go to uh, dinner and um, let you guys know one thing, guys. Yeah. It's beautiful to talk to you guys today, Dr. Drew. Is, is this Hello. the picture? Is this I'll the picture? See you tomorrow, right? Hold it's on, up, it's up I'm there. showing the picture. Oh, it's up yeah. on our screen. So I've got the picture of you uh, handing the art of the deal. All right, and, and yeah, Bob is. and Dr. Drew are going to come see us at the book signing tomorrow. A- absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. What, time, what time are you going to be there? Yeah, what time are you going to get there? <laughs> One o'clock. What time it starts? One o'clock? One o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would be at 6.30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 12.30. <laughs> 12.30, okay. All right, if you're at 12.30, 12:30. I'll be there. 12.30. 12.30. All right, have fun at dinner. All right, man, good talk to you. All right. See you tomorrow. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Dave. Bye, man. So there goes Dennis. Bye, there goes Dennis. Um, we, we got still lots more to talk about, believe me. Uh, but it was great to talk to Dennis. Uh, do we need to take a break at all? No. No. Okay. It, does our producer need us to do anything? No, just move on. Okay. So so getting I've got your book. I got it on Amazon and I got one from them. So the thing that – you know, because you're so closely associated in my mind with Dennis. This is, these are the icons. Smoking Joe Frazier, my favorite guy in the Can world. you tell that story? You were so, able to tell that story? You just told us off the air about the forum? Oh, about the, the arms. So a lot yeah. of people didn't. I, I, I but he was the same. The point I wanted to make, the, he was the same as Dennis. This I want to do some good. So from the moment he started being Joe, smoking Joe Frazier, he was helping kids Always. in in. In Philadelphia, like it's crazy. How do you get associated with? Look at what Magic Johnson has done for the world. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And he, he basically destigmatized the most stigmatized disease yep. in in our lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. One yep. man, yep. right? And so you are around these people, it, and that thing that Dennis has that I just pointed out: do good, do something. Young millennial athletes don't have that. It's mm-hmm. about their brand. Yep. It's about them. Yep. And it's and you must recognize it because you're representing both types. Well, to be fair. What happens when that do something good for the world, when that generation dies off because we will die off? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. For for all we know, the, the, the athletes you've been discussing, when they were in their 20s, were not so interested in doing good for the world. I don't know. 
But I'm guessing that as they got older, that's when that kind of kicked in. I don't in. remember in the 80s growing up. Yeah. All my guys. Yeah. Joe yeah. So let's give the millennials a chance to mature and Imagine. kick into something yeah. as they get older. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. I, I just I just have faith in that millennial group. They're they're just they're just checked out right no, now. No, but I mean I I've been criticizing musicians. You don't see a lot of musicians stepping up like we did in the 80s and 90s, using your voice to to encourage people to vote, right? Because it damages the brand. Mm. Right, okay. and and I'm telling you, who buys Beyonce records? Mm-hmm. N- you know, yep. not inner city kids. Yep. Right, and so there's a consciousness in our society that is so selfish; it's undeniable. I mm-hmm. see it everywhere. I agree with that. Right, makes sense. Do you think? Do you think when John Lennon said we're bigger than Jesus, and then Brian Epstein and Capitol Records came to him, go, dude, you got to back off that statement. <laughs> right. He did not back off of that nope. statement. Right. He was he said, I'm trying to make a point and you're trying to manipulate what I'm saying. And you and he would not back off of that point. Do you think there's any celebrity musician, actor? And now I say young sports hero who has that kind of guts to do the right thing. Right. Where, Where are they? They haven't come out yet. It's hard to it's a, it's things are. Let- it's not hard, Drew. You want to yeah. be confused about it. Yeah. Well, I'm not confused. They can't. They, they can't win. I know how. How the about this? Exactly. Love, I, you know, exactly. That's the problem. I know the handler's mindset, and then it, it jeopardizes. You the, are a the, handler. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the difference is, I'll tell you, the difference with my guys is once you become a global icon. There's not much you can do unless you're O.J. Simpson to dilute or scrub your brand. You're so already, how come they your don't do anything? So how place. come they don't do so, anything? Uh, oh, I, I think a lot of my guys have spoken out about certain situations it, over the past five or ten years. Young, you know, young guys? comes up. You know, they do. LeBron just, does. Let's let's say who the who the the new generation. I think the LeBron, dude. Is LeBron does. I think LeBron is different. Carmelo Anthony does. It'd be Carmella great has, if he could score 20 uh, points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have exactly. a little backup of um, it. A bunch of them stood up at the ESPY Awards a couple of years ago, remember? Yeah, they Chris were Paul, all on the LeBron. And, and Dwayne Wade. And there's a handful of them. But you're right. I, I, I also think what Drew said makes sense. You've got to give these guys a little bit of time. You have to see what happens when they start thinking, okay, I'm going to be 30. Eventually, there's got to be an exit strategy. And, and What's a, my it's, legacy going to be? It's a confusing be? time and, and a vitriolic time. So you're scared. You're yep. fearful. And they, I it think it's so to protect their then. brand. Yes, they, I'm sure I, it is. I talk to these kids all the time. I, I'm sure they talk is. about their brand. I, mm. I talked to a 16-year-old girl who's talking about her brand yesterday. Mm. Oh. Like, this is the world that we've created. Well, that's the social media, you know. Well, I was just going to say one little social media tweet that goes wrong, it could be over. I and know. I think that's the craziest thing. My dad, when he was alive, uh, one of his famous quotes when I was 14 and I started my baseball card business, your reputation is the hardest thing to uphold and the easiest thing to lose, and you only get one shot at it. Biggest threat. What's the thing in business? It's something, something, O-T, uh, T. It's like EBITDA, but it's another thing. And the one thing that when you're looking to invest in something, what is the threat? Mm-hmm. What could destroy what could this? Take this down? Yeah, what, yeah, what could take just this a, down? A, and when you – in this modern era that started two, three years ago, yeah. there's a threat to every all industry. All the time. All the time. All the time, yeah. right? That's Absolutely. the point. And, and they're aware. They're acutely aware. Of it. They're scared, yeah. man. It's a, it's a scary time. It is – the guillotines are out, man. I'm telling you. This is mob <clears> behavior. With uh, the the intent to kill, but their only move is through social media to get people fired. The funniest thing I was involved in the MTV Rock the Vote campaign, the original one in eighty eighty four eighty eight. I forget which, and it came out that two of the main the main spokespeople for the MTV Rock the Vote had never voted. Uh, <laughs> <very common. laughs> it was, and it was Madonna and a friend of mine who shall remain nameless. And that, like, we had this meeting at USC, and they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The Rock the Vote people are like, holy shit. <laughs> they're telling people to vote, and they've never voted. Of course. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. I would prefer that over this, yeah, worrying about your brand. Yeah. So what are the new kids that you're dealing with? Are you deal- Do you deal with kids? Like, right now, especially in basketball, people are becoming superstars in high school. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, we we tried going after some younger players over the years. It gets to the point, just like we're talking about, one little mistake could screw up everything. Like so shoplifting, like shoplifting some yeah, clothes exactly. in but China. Like, it, it's just to me, it's not that worth ruined it. the baller brand. Ruined it. Ruined it. Yeah, not not a good thing. Um, 
But, you know, our guys, thank God, they all stay so relevant, topical, marketable. Um, they're bigger than ever. They, they really are. I mean, Joe Montana's on how many Super Bowl commercials every time the Super Bowl comes around. Magic is nonstop. He just took over the world as the number one businessman athlete hmm. of all time. Hulk Hogan's in Saudi right now. I'm sure. I know he's getting are, a Are you representing Hulk Hogan? Uh, he's back with the WWE. Did you read the uh, conspiracy fight, book right? that uh, Ryan Holiday wrote? Uh, I heard about it. Yeah, so I heard good. About it. Uh, Rick, Rick Flair, that 30 for 30 documentary was incredible. I mean, all our guys were, were very blessed. They're very fortunate. So to me, I don't want to go into that arena where we're, we're, we're safe where we are. Our guys, there's more work that comes in they can even handle. So I'd rather just stay where I am and not even deal with a 20-year-old that could screw up like that. And it's everybody's crazy. emotionally so, invested. Hang on. We're going to take a break. We're having a little okay. technical problem with your camera particularly. So we're going to okay. get that all squared. Um, we'll be right back. One of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. And this led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using undetected and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect, a DNA-verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genitox Labs can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. And additionally, ToxProtect screens for synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genitox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. That is drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. Hydrolyte is the best rehydration product I have ever seen. I, for quite some time, was planning to invent something like this. I just kept saying, we should be able to put a fizzy tablet in a bottle of water, and it would have enough solute, we call it, because water is not enough. You need you need something in it, sort of a salt-like solution and electrolyte replacement. I think most people know that, but they don't know that most sports springs don't provide that, and they do provide way more glucose than uh, hydrolyte. So what you need is Hydrolyte to do it better than any of the sports drinks. In fact, Hydrolyte comes in great flavors, orange berry and lemonade. It's available in a pre-mixed drink or a powder. Of course, I like those effervescence tablets because that's what I imagined. And they're easier to cart around. And boy, you can get rehydrated right away. Just drop it in a glass of water. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. You understand? That's that's the difference. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or Hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. Again, Hydrolyte.com slash D-R-D-R-E-W. And for a limited time, our listeners save 30% on Hydrolyte. Just click through the banner on my website. Use the code Dr. Drew 18 at checkout. That is D-R-D-R-E-W 18 at checkout. So either go to my website and use that code or go to Hydrolyte.com slash D-R-D-R-E-W and use the code DRDRW18. And we are back. And I'm looking, we are back. At, looking at Irvin Magic Johnson's comment on aiming high. Yeah. The forward. I mean, it's crazy. It's Magic, Bird, Smoke, and Joe Frazier. I told you last time I saw you. I have a picture of Ali and Frazier after the first fight in Madison Square Garden. The promos for that in my living room. And my children look at it and they're like, who's that? And I say, those are two of the greatest men who ever lived. Yep. So, you know what I mean? So so we do all bow down to sports no like doubt. Go tell them the story about the forearm. So gotta get on that Joe, mic. Um, about Joe so Frazier. I, I did it again. Joe um Joe grew up in extreme poverty in Beaufort, South Carolina. I think he had ten or eleven brothers and sisters, and he fell out of a tree house one day and his arm uh when it broke, they had no money to take him to a doctor or a hospital, so the mom did the best she could to set it when 
She said it he used to show me when we flew. Um, it almost defied the center of gravity. There was no way to defend. It, it went out? Yeah, the bone was it – w- it went out and then it went back in. So mm. he learned when he hooked the up with – The natural hook? <laughs> yeah, so when he learned when he hooked up with Yank Durham, his first manager, after he came back from uh, the Olympics, had a master – you know, throwing a left hook that you couldn't defend it once you throw it. And that that's what we saw, that sledgehammer for so many years. Hmm. That's crazy. The yep. But did they like each other? They did. Ali Muhammad and, and Joe. Well, it's it's in my book, the the intro to the book. I um, It was my biggest professional accomplishment, hands down. I'll never come close to it again. That once Muhammad apologized to Joe in 2002 in the New York Times, and he said something to the extent that um, I apologize to Joe Frazier and his family, that if God ever called, called me to a holy war, um, I'd want Joe Frazier right there beside me. He's a good man, and he couldn't have been me. He what couldn't was he been, apologizing about making fun uh, of yeah, his the, appearance? All the, all the 20, it, it was brutal, man. I mean, it Joe, was Joe and the brutal. kids. Let me tell you, back then in the early 70s, calling a guy Uncle Tom that from, yeah. was from the South like that. Joe, Joe's kids were in fights all the time. He had to get security to take them to school. Um, oh, he cast it. You know, he casted Joe as the white man's champion um, and turned, you know, his, his entire race against him. And then... <laughs> Joe said before that fight, he never said this before, but he goes, I prayed in the locker room. I said, good Lord, help me to kill this man tonight because he ain't righteous. And, wow. um, you know, I heard some amazing stories. I was telling Priscilla the other day, I met um, Angela Dundee in 1999 with Joe. I was at one of the big fights in Vegas. And uh, Joe goes, say hello to my manager. His name's Prince. So Angela goes, hey, Prince, you look a little bit young. Were you around in 1971? I said, I wasn't. I said, I was one years old. But I know as much about that fight as anybody. He goes, no, you don't. I'm going to tell you a story. So Muhammad comes out in the first round. He's tagging Joe. Left, right, left, right. The biggest sporting event ever. And Joe's wobbly. I didn't think he was going to get out of the first round. He's tagging him. Left, right, left, right. Jab, hook, body shot. Joe comes back to the corner. Muhammad goes back to his corner. And I look at Muhammad in his eyes. He looks exhausted. I go, champ, what's up? He goes, hey, Ange, did you bring our lunch? And I go, what the fuck are you talking about, Muhammad? You got to get back out there in forty seconds. Did you did you bring our did I bring our lunch? He's like, hey, Ange, did you bring our lunch? He goes, Muhammad, are you going crazy? What the hell does lunch have anything to do with this? And he goes, and he turned around one last time, and it was the first time I ever saw fear in my man, Muhammad Ali's eyes. And he goes, did you bring our lunch? Because I just hit smoking Joe with everything I ever had. And he looked at me and he goes, is that all you got, pretty boy? It's going to be a long goddamn night. I hope you bought your lunch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, so. wow. <laughs> wow. You know, so, yeah. And then like, Joe, Joe told me, you know, the first five rounds of Manila, he was getting slaughtered. He's yeah. like, I couldn't see. I was blind in one eye. And he kept getting me with that jab and that, and, that, and that uppercut and then body shots. And I started going off a smell. And then he just pushed me. And I found that second gear. And in the sixth round, he goes, don't you know I'm God? And he goes, and that was it. And I said, God, you're in the wrong place tonight. And he goes, bam, I just got him at that left hook. And the whole fight changed for the next six or seven rounds. But I would hear training regiments that were incredible. He would go to the Catskill Mountains in the middle of the winter when it was – 10 degrees below zero. 10 degrees below zero with 10 or 15 pound ankle weights on and run for five, six miles at three, four in the morning. I go, why at that hour? It goes, because I told myself Muhammad was getting up at two in the morning. Mm. So the mindset. Well, Well, it's the same mindset. You're describing the same thing that goes on 20 years later with bird and magic. Same thing. Same thing. Yep. Bird used to get up in the morning and think, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if he's up now. I wonder if he's gotten 100 shots in by now. And the fact that I right? get to work with it's all those four great, of them. It gives me chills, yep. those great sports I, 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 I hear the stories. I, I hear it directly from these guys. I heard it from Joe and Muhammad for all those years, and Bird and Magic are both clients. It, it, it's incredible hearing you know, how they— Does Bird you, have regrets about trying to help his mom's—that stupid thing that he did? So the way the bird got hurt is he always considered himself an everyman. He does stuff for his mom. His mom needed a new driveway, and he did himself and injured his back that led to his debilitating back problems. And I always wonder, does he regret that? I never brought that up to him. It's a great question. Because it's just It shortened his career. It ruined his career. Yeah, it ruined his career. But it was an image he had in his mind. Magic is show business. I I blue paid collar. my mom's driveway. Bird, You're fucking Larry Bird. You yep. don't need to pave your mom's could, driveway. Could write a check and not worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I always thought, but that was the thing. Is he up? Is he done shooting already? That that then carries on then. And then it's it's the bulls, which you you know Dennis, were around. Yeah. That 
team, when they came back after they lost, when Jordan came back, right? Do you know about this? So they come back. Jordan thinks I can come back anytime I want, and he comes back and gets his ha- ass handed yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Pippen, Pippen spoke about this on on the thirty thirty. From the moment they walked off the court, him and Jordan were like. No, this is all business. This is never going to happen to us ever again. Yeah. And they were on a march. They only lost nine games. Ten. That, 72 ten, and 10. 72 no. and 10. And they went, what well, in no, the playoffs? Nine more games. They already lost think, that one. Uh, yeah, I think they were. They, they only lost two games. Yeah, they the lost playoffs. two games yeah. of playoffs. They lost 12 games in a year. No, 11, because they'd already lost the one. <laughs> <laughs> right? The, the one that won them got them going. Yeah. yeah. And oh. and it's that kind of stuff. But but who were the Bulls competing against? They were competing against themselves. There was no, there was nobody. They were competing against perfection. Yep, exactly. You had to. And I've been around to these guys that are at the peak of the peak. Roy Jones Jr. is a client. Told me what happened when he was the best of the best, and how you get distracted, and how he had that first loss against Tarver. He goes, Darren, when you're at that level, when there's just no competition, normal people, everyday people, have no idea what it takes to stay at that level, night in and night so out. Everyone's and, shooting for you, you know. Yeah. True. And he goes, it just gets to a point. I started playing basketball. I was making rap albums. I got distracted. Were well, you? Did you manage Mike Tyson? No, but I've worked with Mike. Okay, amazing, so Mike in guy. Japan. I've talked to him about it. He told it. me about it. Yeah, yeah he told me about it. Two months ago, he told me he coke, is, booze, Yeah, everything. but he thought he was invincible. He started to believe his own BS. He was only 19 years old. Yeah. You're believing your own BS. He said, he, he said he, at that point... The original he millennial. Yeah, he said at that point he had $200 million in the bank. He was Oof. still a brother from the street. And he said to me, he goes, Prince, who gives you a goddamn handbook how to deal with life at yeah. that point? He goes, Cuss was gone. You know, I know. Was, gone. was a big one. He goes, I, he, he goes, I was just, he goes, I was banging bitches and drinking and doing drugs in Japan because I just thought I was going to walk right through. Uh, you know, we, did you see that fight? Buster Douglas <laughs> knocked him out. Wow! <laughs> I remember it was one of the first fights I really paid for because I had a job or whatever. What year is that? Nineteen ninety. Okay, so that's when Thelonious becomes that pretty going pretty good. So I remember I had a big screen TV. Yep. And one of the ones with the projector, you know, it's thick and Real big. Projection. And I'm gonna, I'm everybody come over to my house. We're gonna watch this thing. And I paid the forty Devastated. bucks or whatever it was. It was over in a minute and thirty nine seconds. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. do yeah. when you got twenty people at your house and it's over? Oh, you're like, talking okay. about the quick one. That was Michael Spinks. Oh, Spinks, Spinks, yeah, ninety one seconds. Okay, yeah, it was crazy. Unbelievable. And yep. It's the greatest fighter who ever lived. Mike Tyson is getting knocked mm. out by people in ninety seconds. Mm. Crazy. It's crazy. So you were there at it all, and that's what this book shows. Well, I want, I want to know how you got off Suboxone finally. How I got off Suboxone. So that, that would be my spiritual awakening, July 2nd, 2008. My uncle, Stu, and his ex-girlfriend, who were both uh, in the 12-step fellowship, and thank God still are, kept telling me about going to meetings. I tried it. I was listening to people, but I wasn't hearing. You right. know, I, I wasn't taking the cotton out of my ears, putting it in my mouth. I thought I was better than everybody. I thought that I knew more than everybody. I can't identify with these people. They don't have my life, the ego. How do you rationalize and, that it's okay to drink once in a while? Because you can bullshit yourself about yeah. Suboxone, but you were drinking too. Most people on Suboxone but, use other stuff. Yeah. You know that. That's yeah. very Not right. when and they're then, thinking they're sober, do well, they? That, well, oh, Bob, yeah. what was happening too is I was flip-flopping once in a while off the Suboxone. When Evil Knievel passed away, I, I came off the Suboxone because he was a client for years and I, I couldn't deal with it and I, I was snorting um percocet and biking into my hotel room about an hour before the memorial because i just i didn't know how to deal with it i had no idea how to deal with it no yeah. it was just devastating to me at that point and some guy i grew up idolizing and uh you know within four and a half years of representing him he was gone but the spiritual awakening so i had the last of my opiates in my hand my uncle's yelling at me. Uh, you're, you're off the, you're on the suboxone i'm on the suboxone and you're uh, using well, opiates also um at this point um, so you're on Subutex. So, 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 no, I'm on, on Subutex. I didn't like Subutex. It had a crazy tinge to it. It made me like. But you can use opiates Subox- on Subutex. Suboxone, I took not Subutex. I know, but Suboxone, you can't use opiates. Yeah, you can. Um, you can. Well, no, no, no yeah. So, so, so here's what happened. I had the. Uh, I finished the Suboxone. I go into a bathroom. Um, now at this point, I had probably 15 hours with nothing. Do you still system. have a job? I'm losing my mind. Still have a job? Yeah, I'm still. I'm, I'm still doing everything I'm doing with my clients. And I go into my bathroom in my apartment in New York City. I open up a pill bottle to take Clonopin because that's what my uncle's girlfriend was telling me to take for the cravings. For the, for the Suboxone. For, uh, yeah. yeah for, to wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm a little confused. You had a spiritual awakening. 
Yeah. And that was what, your your family intervening? No, no, th- th- this was it. This was my uncle and her that told me I got to get my ass to a meeting. So and- I ran into the bathroom to take a Clonopin. At this point, I'm off the Suboxone for almost 24 hours. I open up the Clonopin bottle. Oh, four- oh the fun is about to begin. Yeah, don't, don't. So, so, the, so the four Vicodins fall into my hands. Uh-huh. Real opiates now uh-huh. that I thought I got rid of. I thought I flushed them all. And that was it. I fell to my knees, shaking, trembling, and crying. I can't do this anymore. At one minute, it looked like a gift. And within 10 seconds, I knew that it was the freaking devil. And somehow, I flushed them. I wound up in the living room 30 seconds later, went online, found an AA meeting in the upper 90s in New York City. At 8 o'clock that night, on the cab ride over, said to myself, holy shit, for the first time in my life, I wanted to stay sober more than I wanted to get high. By the grace of God, that was the day. It wasn't Hulk Hogan. It wasn't Magic Johnson. It wasn't Muhammad Ali or Dennis Rodman. I walked into a church basement with 150-plus addicts and alcoholics that showed me hope love and faith and i threw my hands up without an ounce of shame whatsoever and said i'm sick i'm tired i'm desperate i need people's help for 23 years i've been living a freaking lie and i don't want to live anymore and i had five or six guys that i didn't even know come over to me put their arms around me give me a book with their numbers in it i heard stories for the first time in my life that i can finally identify with where where have these people been was it the right Atlanta? was it the Atlanta group uh, no, this was in New York City, like in the upper 90s. At, uh, That's where like, the Atlanta group meets, I thought. Uh, I, Atlantic, I, I don't know. But Atlantic. Atlantic. I, I, and I heard everything. I was a sponge. That's 90 meetings. A bar minute. Yeah. yeah. You know, I heard everything you know, that Bob's heard. 90 meetings in 90 days. If, yeah. you, if you want what we have, do what we do. What was the spiritual awakening? I didn't uh, hear that. That, that it, was, it was on my knees with the Vicodin no, into my hands. So that was your moment. That was it. So, that was so it. I'm a little confused. So, so you decided to get off the Suboxone? Yes. And that was whose decision? Why were you doing that? that? But he had done it before. I know, but you just thought it was time or what? Yeah, I, I was at the point where I was miserable. I, so I literally was like, like borderline suicidal. Okay, like, so you were getting wanna... depressed. You were suicidal. Yeah. There were, you were taking other stuff also yeah, and drinking. Exactly. And, and then you thought, all right, I'll stop the Suboxone. That'll make me better. Exactly. Right. Yep. And that made you worse. It made and it then worse. the Viking shows up in your hand. And, but you're, and your family's on you saying, you got to get to a meeting. Exactly. Which you then did. Okay, which is it. what I did. Got it. The got awakening it. was having the Viking into my hand and flushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, and the, I, moment and I, change, the moment and, of change. And I tell people, I heard a voice. I truly heard a voice and felt the presence on my right shoulder tell me I got you and you're ready and mm-hmm. um, I knew it I wanted it with every fiber in my soul That's I was ready to walk away from Prince Marketing Group get, get me a job at McDonald's not that anything's wrong with that whatever it would have been whatever it takes get, whatever it to takes to give me what I'm craving so desperately because from the outside the world thought I had it all yeah. but I was living a sick sick life yeah, that's that's that moment. That's what people get when they're when they're really ready. And not everybody has not everybody has a God moment. People no. get sent in for different reasons. I had it. I it, truly well, it, had it. it makes it I, not not easier, but it makes it easier. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you a direction that you're definitely going to follow. You know that's what I mean? it. And then, as we say, one day at a time became weeks at a time, became months and years. And then I started telling myself, you know, I got this platform. I have no problem talking about the anonymous part. It, it, that yeah. doesn't bother me. I truly feel that, you know, for most of us, I respect the old timers and the guys with 30, 40, 50 years, but I think it's a different world nowadays. And right. I think people need to hear that there is a solution. Have you ever heard of a book called Getting Better by Nan Roberts? I mm-hmm. think her name is. She was no. a New York Times writer. Mm-hmm. So she went to Lois Wilson. This is part of why we felt comfortable about celebrity rehab. Uh, New York Times, Pulitzer Prize winning writer got sober in AA, mm-hmm. um, wanted to write a book about it mm-hmm. and was getting all the shame from the old timers yep. or whatever. And she said, well, you know, one of the founders of AA is still alive. I'm going to go up, drive up and talk to Lois Wilson. Mm-hmm. And she said she went B- to Bill Lois. Bill Wilson's wife. Yeah. Bill was, yeah. Who had more to do with starting AA than Dr. Bob did. Exactly. And Lois yep. Wilson, he, she said, I'm going to write, I'm thinking of writing an autobiography about my experience and I can't exclude my experience in Alcoholics Anonymous. It is the most dominating thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to come to you and say, what do you think? I, I, I think that the idea that of remaining anonymous is an obsolete idea. Mm-hmm. And Lois Wilson, she says, in the book, Getting Better, she says she kind of looked and scowled and took a sip of tea. And, and then she looked out the window and said, well, maybe it is time. Wow. And so that was in 1988. I was at Dr. Bob's house on my nine-year sober birthday. I told I've him. been there. I had, an, I had another awakening, and the tour guide that was showing me around told me that Bill struggled with it in the early 70s. He felt it was time to uh, for people to get a little bit more public about it. 
I'm super respectful in the book about it. I don't mention AA at all. I refer to it as a 12-step fellowship. Yeah, right. Uh, which is the right thing to do. Um, However you do it, but the idea that this profound thing that you just described that was mesmerizing that I had on some steps at a place Nate's been to, Nate's man, the board operator's been to, uh, Alvarado and Wilshire is, is where I woke up. This is, the, this right? is where you ran into it at the sta- – uh, So, Bob, look at that photo. Uh, not to interrupt you, three months <laughs> before I lost my dad. And this guy I'm on the phone with my sponsor, another buddy with 29 years in Orange County, and my uncle, and every call ended with, man, your dad's looking down proud right now. And look at the guy's shirt. And then <laughs> that's a Bill W.'s house. Or oh uh, Dr. That, if that's Dr. not a God moment. If that's not a God moment. Dr. Bob's house. Dr. Bob's house, yeah. Is that not a God moment? Yeah, there you go. But we've all, I think every sober person, truly sober. Is that what you need to say? Because you say real alcoholic, we need to start saying real sober. Every real sober person has that moment. And I don't know if mine, I just reinforced it to myself. You have to believe in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And I remember mine was, and I've said it, I just woke up, I had OD'd, I wasn't dead, I woke up, and I said out loud, why does this keep happening? You know, it's pretty obvious why it's keeps happening. <laughs> you keep slamming <laughs> but, drugs. But another part of me said, it's the drug, stupid, like an internal voice. Right? Wow. It's a drug, stupid. I've never done drugs since that day, November, uh, uh, March 15th, 1996. Wow. Right? That's crazy. Crazy. Moments of clarity, moments of grace, moments of, of that. that gift of desperation, yeah. I like to call it. And so Drew is fascinated by it. That's why he kept asking you. Yeah, say, yeah, it again, those, say it again, say it again. Those say moments it again. of change, I just, yep. I just there, always try. There, first of all, first of all, two reasons. One is I'm always testing to make sure people really had one because you, you know them when you see them. And sometimes people are a little vague about it, whether they had or didn't have. You have to, like, I, obviously, I heard it from you. Yep. Um, and then I'm just fascinated by how how you get there because I'm always I want people to get to that moment of change, right? And it's the people it's around the addict. Part, yeah. I think the people around the addict help the addict have that moment. I, I absolutely think so. I think it's a novel relationship. I think yeah. you probably start hanging out with somebody different. It's, it's the new pair of glasses that gets you there. I As think they talk about it. Yep. Yeah, because were you hanging out with anybody different about that time? Yeah, the guy that I was crashing at his place was a really sweet, nice guy, alcoholic guy, but not too predominant, not a drug guy. He was a very kind guy. I'm still friends with him. His name's Johnny Vargas. Okay. And just a very kind guy. But but you get seen. You get seen in a way you haven't been seen. I just felt embarrassed for who I was. Which which around Which around – the people I usually used with or the sober people I wasn't embarrassed. Well, you by. either – But around him I was kind of Well, you were either angry or embarrassed or angry <laughs> or you didn't care, right? Or they were, they were using two or you were angry because yeah. they were judging you. Judging right? me. Yeah, so yeah, fuck that, you. you've, yeah. you've got these categories of people. Yeah. You go to meetings and you're newly sober yep. again or you're not sober so then they're judging you yeah. or you're with people that you're using with. This was a third place that I felt like – you know, like I should have a life like him. It's like normal. No, that, that's what gets you there. You know I, I've I mean? seen yep. that over and over and over again where suddenly people – and often following just – people say, hey, I was chatting with a guy. I used to have, hey, I have coffee with him. Again, very different than the guy normally. And then I was walking by a mirror outside of Macy's and, oh, my God, I saw myself. Mm. And, I, and I couldn't believe it. That was me. You know, it's like you, it, you get you see yourself so after being your seen uncle. by somebody it's else. It's your uncle it he's talking uncle, about. It was my uncle and his ex-girlfriend, Andrea. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Bob, what a Why gift. didn't you just dismiss it? Like, ah, fuck you, you're just jealous You're judging me. me. You're judging jealous. me. <laughs> Why couldn't you? Uh, again, I, I believe I truly, I was so at that jumping off point, as they say. I was truly so sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was given the gift of desperation in that bathroom, in that moment. Yeah. And... The beautiful thing is, and you'll understand this, how amazing is it when one day you wake up, when you start that journey, you don't know when it's going to happen, and you realize, holy shit, I've got the power of choice back in my life. Right. Wow. Right. That's when you start realizing you're getting up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth, you're eating your breakfast, you're going to the gym, you're doing whatever, and you're like, holy shit, I'm not even thinking about it right now. There was a couple of bumps in the first 90 days, and then I was sure. Yeah. Like, I... One was about – I had about three weeks and I was walking to a, an AA meeting down Sunset Boulevard and my drug dealer pulled up. Mm. Like, oh my god, Bob, what are you doing? <laughs> Where and you he been? put two <laughs> balloons. He put two balloons in my hand on uh, Sunset Boulevard uh. near Silver Lake Boulevard. 
And I was like, no, 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 John. No, 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 no. And he goes, for you, for you. How are you doing? Where have you been? <laughs> like, I was like, and I had to say no, 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 and hold it like and I'm going to drop it. I had and a he, very unusual feeling hearing that story. What? I, had, I just had a very unusual feeling hearing that story. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Well, not only is it crazy, I hope he's dead. Oh, come yeah. on. He's a good guy. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> uh, and that's a very unusual feeling for me. I, I just guy. was like, I got, I, 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 he's disgusting. <laughs> But that that power. He, uh, he choice, almost man. took your life away from you in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah. took your life. Well, away. doctors do that too nowadays. Yeah, right. all the time. Uh, what what uh that that I feel like forgive. When them. I got to I that feel that meeting, forgive them. They know not what they do. I know. That's I, what know. I feel that he knows that. what he. John knew yeah. what he was doing. So when I got to that meeting, I was shell shocked. Like, what the hell just happened? And I kept telling people what happened. I shared about it. Like most people didn't believe me. I go right there, right, right two That's buildings right down. Mm-hmm. And and it was just and, and I, I remember guarantee- that whole night I felt like two feet off the ground like this sobriety thing is real. That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It, 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 it's, and you it's, want other addicts to have that experience. Hundred percent. I tell people it's the greatest thing I've done for the longest amount of time. And not I don't say this uh, egotistically or arrogantly, but Priscilla will vouch for it. There's probably. Not many people in the history of this fellowship that hits more road meetings than me. Yeah. In the past year and a half, London, Sydney, Monaco, and Guiola, Guiola, Turks and Caicos. It is the greatest thing in the world to go online, find a meeting, walk into a room where you know nobody, but you know everybody, and walk into a room where you're not home, but you're home. That little one hour, that little spiritual little hit that I get. it just makes the day so much anything, better. Anything, anything interesting in the different recoveries around the world? Um, I remember in Brisbane, Australia, they make you get in line and mm-hmm. go up to a microphone and speak. That was a little bit different. In Sydney, last year we went during Christmas, and this was funny. They, they love when you put your hand up. Oh, I'm from New Jersey in the U.S. Oh, we have an American. And so they're like, hey, Darren, would you take us out? And I started doing the Lord's Prayer, and they mm-hmm. started yelling, no, 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 no. We, we do serenity the serenity prayer, prayer at the yeah. end here. Mm-hmm. I never – and they pulled me aside after, and they said, oh, we don't – we don't bring in the Lord's Prayer. It's all about spirituality, and so that was really that was secular. unique. Yeah, that was unique. But I've, you know, I've, I've been to summer. You know, Where did you feel the most accepted? England was really. I felt like people were excited that young people were at meetings in England. A- England Not that great. I'm young, but this was like 15 years ago. A- a- Eng- England had incredible meetings. Um, I love like, Montreal. Montreal was the second Montreal country to get. Get AA. Montreal is amazing. Uh, really? Amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. So, so, what's next for you? Next for me, man. I got it's. It's really just spreading the the gift of hope and recovery, man. My business is where it needs to be. Thank God. Obviously, it's uh, it, you know, it's still always going to be a priority. But nothing comes before my sobriety. And when you see uh, a sports person struggling with addiction, do you think, boy, I'm going to get that call pretty soon? Uh, yeah, you know now I'm starting to think that way. Yeah, now I'm starting to think like Chris. Chris Heron is a good friend. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he, he gets, he gets that call. He's doing it. If like, it's in so, Boston, so he, he gets the it. call. Yeah, we talk about it. Like how we, we have we Chris on this show. Yeah, I think we did. Seems like we did. Yeah, we, I know we've worked with him. Like Chris Heron, amazing man? story. Good guy. It's yep. pretty crazy. Yep. Amazing. All right, we got to wrap things up here, gentlemen. All this right. is uh, very good stuff. And, get the uh, book, aiming high. If you book. want to read about the greatest icons in sports who are just a notch below God. And uh, <laughs> Facebook, go meet Darren tomorrow, and, and we'll Ron. But tomorrow, I'm going to be there at 12:30. According to Dennis, he'll be there at 12:30. So did he say 6:30 or 12:30? He first said 6:30, <laughs> and then he said he said the things at one. I'm going to be there at 12:30. That's what he said. <laughs> Get uh, it is the Barnes and Noble at the Grove. Uh, I think everyone in Los Angeles knows where that is. If you're close yeah. by, it's a, it's just inside the Grove there by the Farmers Market. And yeah, thank you, Priscilla. You so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Priscilla. Thank you, producer. And Sue. Thank you. Amazon. Uh, Amazon's where I bought it. Yeah, everywhere. I love Amazon. It comes so fast. She always says. (laughs) You don't like Amazon? No, I love it. Yeah, we do. We're addicted to it. You can get anything. That's why all the stores are closing up all over the world (laughs) because we love that instant bang. No, but you know what? My newest thing, I'll just end with this. I was at Bed Bath & Beyond trying to find wooden uh, shower mats. I love the wooden shower mats, right? And they didn't have them. So the girl tells me, go online. I said, 
You don't think I knew that I could go online? No, she means Bed Bath and Beyond online. She well, doesn't mean Amazon but I, you're, online. You're putting yourself out of business. <laughs> no, no, she means Bed Bath and Beyond. She means go there, not Amazon. She didn't specify Bed Bath and Beyond. She just said you can get this online. You know, and I was like, really? Educate me. I like going to Bed Bath and Beyond, but if you don't want a job, okay. Did anybody on Facebook have any questions or anything? And the Facebook folks that are out there, anything? Uh, oh, here she is. Hello, I'm back. Um, you had a lot of really great great comments, and um, you were very useful in a lot of people's feelings about addiction. And and um, uh, let's see. You're speaking there, to Darren. Yes, Darren. It, everybody was really moved by your information. I don't know if anybody noticed, but one of the lights went out while we were here, too, when you were right talking about your moment. So the spirituality was definitely coming through. She's going to have you on her ghost program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we wants. But... Um, you know, somebody said anyone's worth saving as long as they want to be helped, and uh, uh, everybody was agreeing that this twelve steps help for their their loved ones, and and you know, just kind of positive stuff, no real questions really. Good, but right. it was you know very well received, and everybody loved Rodman. They thought it was great. Great, so. all right, Darren. You, it, it's just inspiring to me. It right. really is. But well, thanks for having me again. It'll be supporting us. Really appreciate you guys. And and Drew gets to stay a little longer tomorrow because they just push the time. So yes. you have, he'll get to stick there, stick with you. Oh, good. Oh, perfect. We might have okay, to pull good. you in on the Q and A. Oh, I'll get do there early. Whatever and you push want. Push the yeah. time. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, <laughs> See you next later. Time. Bye. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Think What I Do By Myself, the Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.